Hey guys, welcome to episode 54 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Common number five, and my fellow host once gibbered himself into a descent, Ooh, Big Tuck. Hey, uh, recent edition. So, okay, I'm going to try out a new one, okay? Hello, Hatters and Alices? Ooh, Ooh, I kind of bad, wanted to make an Alice in Wonderland, like change the name bit. of the deck into something like that. But I was like, yeah. I kind of have another bit I can do. Okay. But I like it. I got a bit. Uh, I have a bit as, how are you? I'm a bit as well later. Just one for now. Um, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I am taking tomorrow off from work and uh, I'm heading down to Beaver Lake with some friends. So I got to go down there, smoke some stoves, fish for some uh bass and just kind of relax and get out of the city for a little bit so i will say this though correct me if i'm wrong mr combo because i think we talked about this too why is it that whenever you take like an earnest vacation i'm not doing the thing like i did in tulsa i'm not going down there and working half a day i'm done and literally i have like seven projects that i've all kind of been like yeah whatever we'll get to it it's okay there's no rush and everything and like this week was like it is all happening next week or is it happening at all like it's happens all the time so like a lot of people are like aren't you excited for your four-day week it's like not really i'm just excited to go through the suck and then have 24 hours to myself that i normally wouldn't so yeah. I know, have we talked about that before? Haven't you said that? Um, I mean, I I think what we've talked about is just once you feel the calm at work, whether that's you have an upcoming vacation, you've yeah. just completed a bunch of projects. As soon as you let your guard down, that's where, uh, you know, Neheb the ball buster comes out of nowhere and just punches <laughs> you straight in the gonads. Um, in the go discard the card, get, get some mana. Um, uh, that, that's just the way he does it. So yeah. yeah, I think that's more what it is. And I think that's that way with life. Yeah, for sure. Any Anytime you just kind of, oh, everything's great. I don't have to worry about anything. That's when everything's going to so go to hell. So the answer to that is you take a big tux mentality and just be on edge, cynical, and anxious all the time. Because that's <laughs> clearly working for me. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I I'm okay, Mr. Combo. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, so, in interesting news. Uh, so, my girlfriend is supposed to go have a not serious medical procedure yesterday. Uh, and so, part of that, they want you to go get pre-COVID tested. So, she works in the medical industry. She wears gloves, goggles, face masks all the time. In our personal lives, we are constantly face masking and don't really do gatherings with friends hardly ever. I was going to say, you. Uh, I think you, out of anyone I know, have taken this the most... Well, I'm going to I'm going to say the most Mr. seriously. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, well, oh, that's very true. Uh, you have a great point there. But I'm going to say... So, I'm going to say most seriously. But what that really translates to is actually doing something, like being cognizant of it. So... <laughs> I think you're doing so, good there. Yeah, so uh, she tested positive. No! Really? Zero, zero, zero symptoms, No, not even a slight fever, nothing. We don't know anyone that's tested positive. Uh, we don't go anywhere. We always wear a mask and everything. Yeah. And so, uh, you, you know, she told her like work. Week, right? Don't you get What's like up? you get like groceries delivered even and all that stuff too, right? Like you No, we, we we go to the grocery store. Oh, okay. But we we do the masks and you know, we clean our carts and uh I mean we don't hand sanitize like twenty four seven, but mm. you know, uh, who has the time to do that? Um so yeah, so it, it was interesting. So she tests positive, of course told her work. Yep. And her work has a terrible BS policy. If you test positive for COVID and they can't tie it back to a patient, you get uh, you have to either use your vacation or until you're cleared, you don't get paid at what? all. What? No that sounds, way. That sounds like illegal. So, 
get this, within five minutes of her telling them that, they went ahead and decided that uh, they didn't, she didn't get it from a patient or an employee, so she just had to use all of her vacation for the next week and a half. What the? Uh, that's so we, we've kind of spent today trying to see, because I guess there is a small, like, 5% or less where you can get a fake positive or a right. false positive. Oh, right. So we were, we've, been, we've been trying to find some place that will, like, let her test uh, so that way she doesn't have to use all her vacation. So, so that's kind of been the big news around are our you, house. Are you going to get tested? yourself too or have you so i i took a test on the cdc website and it asks you know if i work in a medical facility do i work in tight quarters with people do i take the safety precautions and so i you know i answered everything appropriately the only thing that i answered negative quote unquote was do you know anyone that's tested positive and i said yes and literally the recommendation was hey social distance keep doing what you're doing and monitor and if you don't see any symptoms for the next 14 days and yeah. you're fine so you're locked down yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm good. Like, you know, I went and played disc golf yesterday with the Godfather oh. and I told him like, Hey, here's the deal. If you're uncomfortable, I get it. And he of course he's like, I don't give an F. I'm gonna yes, do what course, I want. And so I was like, Well, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm still gonna wear a mask the entire time we play. Mm -hmm. No hugs, uh, and you know, try to stay somewhat far away from each other. Um and so you know, it worked out fine. You know, we're gonna probably go play disc golf again on Saturday. Nice. Uh, the only thing that sucked is my mask was cloth, and so by the end of it I was sweating yeah. bullets. Oh yeah. It became it felt like I was getting waterboarded. Did you, okay, the so mask that was wet. That happened to me. I've been doing the garter <laughs> thing with the nose, right? And um, today I forgot it. So I had one of those like crappy masks that they give you for free, yeah, right? right? And I like worked out and I like took a big inhale and it went in my mouth. But then like some of the sweat off it like sucked back into the back <laughs> of my throat. I was like, oh, that's nasty. That's super wait, nasty. Wait, who's talking right now? Who is this? Identify yourself, oh. caller. You know what? That's a good point, Tuck. Know your place. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into the episode. And as always, with that Manolith commentary, whether we want it or not, from Rich Chaos Records Studio, is Squee McGee. Hello, McGee to the Squee. Hey, how's it going? Coming in from left field. More Manolith commentary might have to change to Mana Drain commentary. Oh my eh, god. Eh, eh. <laughs> It's but a, it's but a it would be Mana Drain commentary if you had a very mono point of view, but you have Ooh. a colorful point of view. Oh, interesting. It could be Manolith because it's a trash card. Oh, well, you know, I don't <laughs> think it's trash. It's, uh, again, for those playing the home game, three colorless taps for any color of mana, pretty good. Oh, good. Would probably help you even play a Mana Drain or something along those lines if you Man. needed an extra blue mana. I think that's really, uh, I think that's some real hashtag coward talk there, too, so that's Good. Hashtag. Yeah, also, by the way, up. if you're running a Manolith in a deck that has Mana Drain, what's wrong with you? Oh, I can't oh, wait to see that. Clearly, there's a list of things <laughs> wrong with me, so that's not, not hard to decipher, but uh, I might just put that together because I have the, the funds. The, the cards, the whatever it's we a, need it's to a make game it happen. Of Thrones, it's a Game of Thrones cookbook all over again. We're talking foil Manolith into topic. original Mana Drain. Yes. Oh, yuck. I'm nauseous. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad well, you feel that. If you guys want to know more ways to support gems <laughs> like this, uh, I say that with complete sarcasm. Uh, but we also put out a lot of other content. You should head over to that sponsor, level1gameshop.com. They sell magic accessories like our playmat and our sleeves. They also have a great TCG player store with a 99% accuracy rating at very competitive prices. Uh, if you are supporting your own LGS, you can't support level one. Uh, if you wanted to help us directly financially, which would be awesome, head over yeah. to our Patreon, patreon.com slash 
slash CMD Tower. We have four different pledge levels and rewards vary from getting access into our Discord to even getting your own playmat and sleeves and coin and reminder tokens. And if we're like 20 something patrons away from actually having you get on the episode. I will also say, I think our Discord might be at an all time hot right now. Oh, it is. oh yeah. Uncle AJ's dropping some fire memes that are just insanely good. Um, we always have the normal. The dude's a wizard. It's insane. Like the quickness. You're and a wizard, the AJ. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, of course, Chuck the Slice, Nick the Hotness. Uh, got a shout out PLP Soul Ring or something like that. So I missed that whole. Oh, yeah. The, the instigator yeah. With, with all of his uh, interesting tidbits. Yeah. He, he about set fire as much as Squee does with uh, <laughs> hey, his, hey, his, his choice of opinions that kind of guy uh, but if you guys can't help us out financially the great ways you can just share the content you're watching or listening to and subscribe if you're on youtube hit that subscribe button well you know we've only been doing youtube for it's actually kind of crazy i've calculated i think i've done like 12 episodes whoa yeah that's um, month three then it, yeah, but granted, we we have way more listeners out there on the audioverse. Uh, so you know, even if you do like to listen to it on a podcast, just go hit subscribe. You know, we would love to to break that two hundred subscriber mark and maybe even do something kind of cool for the collective because uh, every little bit of interaction from you guys does help. And of course, every episode we do want to give a big shout out to the music provided by Pink Royal. And hey, stay tuned till the end so you guys can get details on how you can win that sweet land kit from level one. And we only got one more land to announce. So stay tuned till the end. So Bruce and Builds is our deck tech series. Since we conquered our path to 32, we've moved on to the endless themes that EDH can bring us. Each month will be a new theme, and we correlate how these decks are constructed similar to how a beer is brewed. So to continue our month of Commanders Don't Really Matter, we broke it down into four different categories. The first one's rampant setting your board state. That's grain. Yes, and grains are the foundation of every beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually in about a 60 to 40 ratio. It's helps with the color of the taste, most importantly, the alcohol content of a beer. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp in your bigger threats. And just like a grand profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. Then the next is going to be, how does your board interact with all of your opponents, whether it's their thoughts, feelings, or cards on table? We call that hops. <laughs> uh, hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors. You're on fire right now. Uh, they grow in a variety of strands. Literally, my ass is on fire. <laughs> they grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPAs. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can do it at once. The next is going to be, how does the deck actually close out? So if you're Mr. Combo, you can go pass out. We're calling that yeast. <laughs> and yeast are living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds the alcohol content and the carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. Without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. Then we have shenanigans. These could be pet cards, weird off-the-ball synergies that are in the deck that you just kind of wanted to do to... Hey, spice it up, spice package. Not every beer has them, but spices and other additives helps operate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the addition of hops that turn IPA into a double IPA, or the addition of vanilla beans that turn a porter into a vanilla porter. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, this is where we talk about it. 
And then to seal this episode down, we have a bottle capping, which is gonna be Big Tucks, myself's, and if we have a guests on, cuts and recommendations to the deck that are under $5, under 50 bucks, and a personal no budget recommendation. You just can't talk about mana only land, Squee. You can't talk about Taiga next time <laughs> we do a deck tech. I might. Sorry about uh, it. And I will say, I think this is the, this might be a record of bank breaking for me in the personal recommendation. So this Ooh. could be a good one. Ooh. Very exciting. Oh, I'm excited. Well, hey, without further ado, let's get brewing. Uh, today, we're talking, and I have a direct quote from the commander. We all go a little mad sometime. Mm. Good old Angie Falconrath said that. Uh, this is Big Tuck's Rakdos Madness deck. Uh, I was not hot on this. Uh, I thought when this commander was previewed, it was trash. Clearly, I'm a great magic player because I was way off. Accurate. Yeah, it's, Always it can be, accurate. It can be really impressive. Um, so, I, you know, I think this is also an interesting dichotomy because this is also from the pre-con, right? And if we look at your Rakdos deck that we talked about in the past of Greven, which is built from these same bones, you, if you don't have Greven, that deck is not doing a whole lot. <laughs> No, whereas, um, and we'll get into this, whereas I think Angie helps really get this deck kind of moving, um, but she's not really required for to get to the high value stuff they're looking for. So for those who don't know and are playing the home game, uh, Angie Falconrath is a legendary creature vampire going on record, the worst legendary vampire to run a vampire tribal from. Uh, Absolutely. Because she, she's a 1-3 with haste that costs a colorless and Rakdos. Uh, Mr. Combo, do you want to read the other two abilities she has on the page? Sure. Uh, you can tap her to discard a card and draw a card. And whenever you discard a card, if it had madness, untap Angie. So that's where, when, when we were talking about this month of commanders who don't matter, and Big Tech said, well, I want to talk about Angie, I was a little stumped. Sure. Because the whole thing with Angie is you're supposed to keep discarding madness cards to draw madness cards to discard madness right. cards, to draw madness cards, to eventually get to your win con, and you don't run the stereotypical Angie win con Ooh. in the deck. You run a fair amount of madness cards, but it's not like overwhelmingly a ton. Yes. Um, I, I agree with you. I run nine. I checked it. Yeah, so, so it just blows my mind <laughs> that you even have Angie as the commander. I feel like maybe a different commander would make more sense. Maybe, and, and I think we'll, we'll get into that in a second. But, you know, the part I really like in this deck is when there's, like, that big beefy guy, and he's, like, yelling at that one dude from the Emperor who's, like, on the edge of the pit. And then he's like, he says something too, and then the guy goes, whoa, this is madness. And then he says, this is Angie, and then Fatal pushes him into the pit. You know what I'm talking about? Is that this? I think, I think, I think, I think you're describing the movie 300. Oh, that's a movie. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. I missed that on that. That's a movie. Sorry. I've been trying to get back into my movie thing. Um, but I would say, how funny would it be to have Fatal push in this deck? Because he's like kicking them anyway. So I think you, I think you kind of hit on the point. Um, when this first got spoiled, the madness uh, aspect of it really kind of threw me because I think if you look at the other ones, populate and morph have like way better options potentially, and they printed a lot of options that really help with them. Um, so when I, I this is the only deck of that year I pre-ordered. Foolishly, but I mean, I was in a different state of mind in a different state of wallet, Spengers. Um, and it turns out that the Madness cards really aren't that good. 
there's not a lot of them that are really great. A lot of them are awesome and like limited because you can cheat out like a five three sure. flyer for three. But by and large, it's less of a. They're they're not really that great. We'll hit on some in here that are pretty good. Um, but what I. <laughs> It, it's similar to, because I believe this was the same commander set that Savine came out in. Correct. Yes. And I thought flashback could work. <laughs> also a mechanic also, that's not very good. Also untrue. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree with you there. So I kind of took this, I kind of ripped the, I left in the madness stuff that makes work because it does feel good if you can get those sort of interactions with Angie, right? Where you're untapping and, and moving through. And I kind of turned it into more of a, you know, uh, the term is like hellbent, where you're you're cycling cards in and out of your hand, and I think Angie it is a very good commander to do that. I don't know if there's a better commander in these colors. There probably is, but for how this deck goes, she is kind of the she's like the the lubricant in the deck, if you will. That will kind of help. <laughs> that will kind of help. She comes out, you immediately get to draw a card, you immediately get to loot. It's effectively having like a goblin looter or whatever that cards in your in your command zone. Is how I'm playing it. I'm much more interested in. I'm much more interested in the discard than the madness effect with her. And like mm. we said, it's just because that there's not that many good madness cards. And they try to shell, and boy, they were like, hey, open your mouth, <laughs> wide, unlock your jaw, and we're going to shovel in as many madness cards as you can. When I made piles to upgrade, it was like a huge stack of madness cards and like a handful of things here and there. So and I think that's fine. And it could be something, you know, I'm definitely not going to go down that route of trying to force a companion on you, A. <laughs> wow. B, <laughs> B uh, trying to change your commander. Um, you know, I'm just trying to look at it as is. Sure. And I, I do want to try to, through the cards I talk about, I think Angie needs to be more involved in the deck. Sure than she is but it could be something that down the line maybe we revisit this at like episode 90 right. um which it sounds crazy if we ever get there but we probably will yeah. um no kidding and there there could be a different Rakdos commander that does literally i think what you want it to do right yeah but probably just better for maybe one or two more mana mm -hmm. heck one could come out in commander legends yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah a angie she could be sneaky good right but with you only having nine madness cards she's just misleading I, it's kind of like your zur cycling deck yes you see zur and it's like whoa ho, ho, calm down but oh it's cycling cards that's less scary right and and to that point i think if it gets to that point there are a, a handful of cards that you can cut that you can just cut that because like if, you, if there's a commander that does something like this sort of wheel effect like you said then that would make sure. the deck even better because you could cut all like a fair amount of the madness cards that are terrible yeah no, absolutely right so from a deck construction standpoint you're at a 303 cmc yeah. uh which isn't terrible um it feel it so and i looked at that too and i was kind of surprised because i think this deck never really feels that slow just because you do have the the wheels and moves in your commander yeah. and a fair amount of other things that will kind of slow it down so yeah it's it's like a it's like a slightly upgraded pre-con so keeping a three or so well and typically madness cards the cmc is less than the normal casting cost yeah it's kind of like the reverse cyclonic rift effect where cyclonic rift yes it's two cmc <laughs> but really it's seven uh yeah. so i could see your curve being a little bit less mm -hmm. which honestly in rakdos you kind of want a lower curve yes. to begin with agree um 
So like that, you know, your colors almost spot on. I think that's as best wow. as I could do. And the reason why is because I constructed, this is one of the first decks that I have constructed and since upgraded since we started doing this podcast. So it's been like, I have never, and to, the, to our point here, never struggled with color, ever. Yeah. In any way, shape, or form. It's always been like, okay, I got the consistency. It's never been like, I need more black. I need more of this. It's always kind oh, of worked perfect. out. Yeah, I know, right? Which so, you're saying, so you're saying our method actually yes, works. Yes, I will confirm. I, you, I could, don't, you could call it a method to your madness? Oh! oh With that dropped. being said, let's get into the grains. Big Tuck, start us off. Right. What's your first grain so card? There's a few. I mean, because it's, because it's Rakdos, you are kind of saddled with a lot of boring ish mana ramps um there is one card in here though that what that i think is or was a popper staple which is i think one of the most powerful cards in the deck from the discard and bringing back sort of sort of mentality so i was going to start off with an enchantment that's a one drop that's tortured existence oh my gosh me too yeah! <laughs> oh, you all the way out there we could have done a rattle man uh, so oh, okay, uh, tortured existence is one black. It. It's an enchantment from Stronghold. I gotta read all of it, right? Okay, yeah. so color. Okay, one black. Choose and discard a creature card. Return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Uh, there are terrors lurking in the unseen corners of us all. By Krovax. That's actually pretty good. I kind of like that. Yeah, thing. so that's not bad. So the the reason I picked this isn't because I've seen it work in the, your Angie deck. I don't think I've actually ever seen it played in your mm -hmm. Angie deck yet. But I've seen this dominate with uh, Sir Nathan, Sir Conrad. Yes. Right. Oh, my Lord. Does it just wreck mm -hmm. in that? Um, so, and I have to imagine, yes, you're not pinging people for life loss, but the stuff that maybe you had to discard early in the game, now you can get back late game, and it still, like, makes the deck function really well. Agreed. And, like, uh, there's a lot of things we'll get into that are more from the yeast perspective of things that are really built around when you, when I discard a card, something happens, mm -hmm. right? So, like, I've been really trying to build, and I think to your point, um, I, I think... Well, maybe we'll get into it, but I think that sort of Sir Grim, whatever his name is, I think we just call him Sir Grim. Sir Conrad. Sir Conrad, thank you very much. Um, I think he would be, if there was something that was, if there was a commander in Rakdos that was more like that, where you got that value oh, from yeah. cards going back and forth, I think that's like where this deck would really shine, right? So unfortunately, they've only printed, you know, a handful of cards, which we'll get into, that really play into this. But once you get the cycle yeah. going, this can actually be one of the better cards in the deck. And again, it lets you... Completely agree. And when you get this early enough, you can start being like, okay, I really don't need this top-end stuff because I can always get it back later. Yeah, and honestly, this card only for a dollar, it's made me very intrigued into putting it like into like my Shirai deck yes. or even my own Greven deck. Because like Shirai, for example, whenever I lose a creature power two or greater, I usually can't get them back in mm -hmm. any way, shape or form. And so then it becomes a later game and it's like, man, I drew, uh, I don't know. That one thing that always attacks for one damage that's drained us for like yeah. hundreds of points. Yeah. Over or the like a pitless plunderer. Yeah, right. It's like, I don't really need this now. I kind of need that Butcher of Malakir that's sitting in the graveyard. Right, right, right. Well, let me just swap them. Mm -hmm. um, or even Greven. I had to sack a creature early like a sad robot. I actually need to discard this eight drop to get sad robot right. back just so I can get a land. And I can always get to that card by discarding another card. Exactly. So I think Tortured Existence is probably, I would guess underplayed we're gonna oh, check yeah, the, the the good old edh wreck 
So out of all the black decks out there, it's only in 1,858 out of 216,000. Whoa, that is way low. That is yeah. way low, especially because you can think... Do you Okay, so do you think that this might also have a home in like a Golgari-style deck where you have your reanimate, right, and you already have your land of war elves that got killed, but you have your shoulder it or whatever, tap it, bin it, bring it back, right? Yep, and you can even look at it this way. Think of like a Marin deck. Mm, yes, right. To where, right. once again, early in the game, I'm going to be discarding Shieldred. I'm going to be discarding right. uh, Crater Hoof Behemoth, whatever these big fat creatures are, your Protean Hulks, to get my Llanowar Elves, my Sakura Tribe Elders to continue to ramp. But then you keep sacking those things. Marin's counters just eventually go up to the point where you're just going to get that stuff that you bend for a black to be more utility. Right. You're going to get it back for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 100%. Yeah. 100% agree on that. So, all right. My next card is card numero dos is one that is one of Angie's buddies. Whoa. Angie's Ravager. Nice. <laughs> oh, all right. I don't get it. Uh, two colorless ah, red. Uh, creature, Vampire, Berserker. It's a rare. It's a 3-3. Three, yeah. three. Angie's Ravager attacks each combat of Fable. When it attacks, discard your hand, then draw three cards, and you can madness it for a colorless and a red. So I like this on a few different areas. Mm-hmm. One, I like it because of the madness cost. It costs technically one less. It works with Angie, so you could technically discard it. You get to draw a card, cast it for two if you really want to. Right. Awesome. Two. Three, three is nothing to be perpetually scared of. Right. So a lot of times people will maybe just take the three. Yep, exactly. If they don't have something to kill it. Second thing. It's attack trigger. Discard your hand, draw three cards. Well, that literally feeds into Angie. And... It says, she says, whenever you discard a card, if it has madness, untap her. So if you had like three madness cards in your hand, you're going to discard oh. all three of Angie's out. That's that's three triggers. So now you can start doing the tap, uh, discard a card, draw right. a card, try to get something out of that right, right, to right. continue the, the, the fuel. The fourth thing wow. is, since it's on attack trigger, you've already gotten the benefit, so your opponents are least likely to sacrifice their creatures to kill it. Mm-hmm. It starts to become like, well, you did it to me, so now it's the player to my left's problem, right. not my problem. Yeah, I agreed. Wow, man, you're hot on this card. Um, this is one of the reprints that came out um, with it, and like we said, I think, I think what's... I agree with you on all fronts, um, but I think what's interesting with this one is that this is like... This is a good card, right? But if you weren't playing this deck, you would never run this card in anything, right? Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of like some of those, well, I don't know. The attacks discard your hand. I mean, there's a lot of decks that want to load up the graveyard. That's all, that's a fair point. Yeah, and I mean, there's a card that I'm not talking about later. I'm not going to mention it, though, because you very well could be, but it just came out in Jumpstart, where you draw half your deck, lose half your life. Just think, like, okay, I'm going to draw half my deck. I'm going to discard all of that to the graveyard. And very well, that could be I win the game. Yeah, okay, okay. And, oh, man, I just thought of a three-card combo. That... Angie's Ravager and Sir Conrad. Sir Conrad's on the board. Angie's Ravager's on the board. You play that. You draw half your deck. You swing with this. You discard all those creature oh cards. Oh, my God. You probably win the game. Are you putting Sir Conrad in? <laughs> I'm not. I think I, think I need to. <laughs> <laughs> you think he might be the best card in the deck? <laughs> 
So, anyways, <laughs> Angie's Ravager, I, I think it has a lot of utility, and it probably isn't going to die mm -hmm. um, unless someone's a good magic player. Okay. So, what is your second green? So, I have the other pal of Angie that comes also from Innistrad that also has madness. Okay, uh, just a solemn shake of the head. Uh, so this is another great uh, madness card, Storm Stormkirk Occultist. So two colorless and a red. Great card. Uh, three color, or I'm sorry, it's a three-two vampire horror. Uh, trample when it deals combat damage to a player. Exile the top card of your library until end of turn. You may play that card. Madness costs again a colorless and a red. And I think something here that the the. I think something that the the deck out of the precon really misses the boat on is giving you more creatures and permanence with madness because there yeah. are a bunch of ones that are like situational destroy this destroy that but then they're sure. just done right and a lot of times you may not have the board for it whereas this one at least gives you this one and Angie's Ravager both give you something to do um, this card is I've this is also kind of falls in the same thing because this deck is pretty innocuous until it gets going. So a lot of times, like I just need, hey, I have an answer in here somewhere. Just like let me let me get you in for two, maybe three if you have a blocker, right? Not a big deal. Just let me get one draw off this, right? And then next okay. turn you're like, oh, I, there's an answer in here, right? I'm gonna dig for it a little bit, my commander. <laughs> I'm just gonna dig a little bit further with this. Um, it does. You're a monster. Uh, yeah, all these lies. What are you, what are you gonna do? Uh, whatever it takes to to not I die. Mean, not be a monster. Yeah, just just be a monster. There you have it. Um, um, so yeah, uh, yeah. I, I like it. I, I, I think this is the type of red card draw that I like. Mm -hmm. The the looting red card draw because red basically draws cards two ways: looting and exile off the top. You can play till end of turn or play until the next turn. Yeah. I actually like the exile. You could play it than the discard because with the uh, playing. It could be a land, and you could play the lands out of right. that. The discard, it's like, well, I may have to discard a land. Oh, I got another land. Awesome. Yeah. Not what I was needing. Or get a. I have a creature. I want to discard the creature. Oh, it's another creature. I'm just screwed because I don't <laughs> necessarily, you know. I, I mean, I guess it's like six, half dozen. I guess you can kind of look at it a lot of different ways. But I don't know. Something really appeals to me when it's the exile effect, and you may play that card. Uh, it just does something for me. And I guess kind of how we always talk about if you exile stuff like Robert the Rich does off your opponent's libraries, and it's just gone. Yep. Same can apply for your own library to where, ooh, I am playing someone that plays a graveyard deck. Me exiling now, ooh, I wish I could have cast that card, but, well, I don't have the mana to do it, and now I'm preventing Joe Schmo from doing it as well. Right. I completely agree, and I think the other reason why this is this ability is better is because this is actual card advantage. When you're when you're yeah. looting and discarding, you're, it's only the illusion of card advantage, right? It's really like more card yeah. filtering, where this does give you a full one. And again, like... This is one of the few madness cards that actually like does something, so that's why she stays in the deck. So what do you got for cool. what do you got for your last one? All right, you know I couldn't resist. I did it. Three, two, one. Timbal the Fiend Blooded. Best, 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 best. The only two drop <laughs> it. The only two drop Planeswalker Commander, and it sort of works. <laughs> Uh, that's actually false. There is a Nissa that's a two-drop planeswalker. It's just if you pay only two for it, she comes in with zero loyalty and dies. Fair point. You got you got me there. 
But uh, right. Tibble the Fiend-Blooded, double red, comes up oh, with two no. loyalty. It is a mythic Planeswalker Tibble. Go. A buck and a whole... It's also one of the cheaper Planeswalkers at a buck 56. All right. Because it's not good. Well, that's not true at all. Objectively false. Uh, plus one draw a card, <laughs> then discard a card at random. You'll probably be able to get it back at some point, and you get the discard, and you get the discard. So very important yep. there. Um, minus four, might as well be blank. <laughs> Tibble the Fiend Blooded deals damage <laughs> equal to the number of cards in target player's hand to that player. Now, to your defense, though, oh. that could kill someone. Oh. We've had a lot of people in at least our meta that will sometimes have 10, 15, 20 cards in hand. And that minus four could that's, legit kill them. Now, granted, they'll see it coming a country mile away because <laughs> it'll take mile. two rotations to finally get to four, but it's not meaningless. True. Um, and then the minus six, which I actually have seen one and have one off of, is effectively wow. an insurrection. Gain control of all creatures until end of turn, untap them, they gain haste until end of turn. So they deserve to lose. Yes, no, that's true. Like every time I'm like, really, guys, like we're here. I played this and okay. Uh, so I it's no it's no surprise to anyone out there that I love to bolt. I, I like the art. I like the move of him. I like that he's a low cost planeswalker. I like that he's legal in tiny leaders. Um, and uh, while he's not the this is kind of like teetering on spice because the random is my you might, it might as well just say draw a card. If you like it, put it to the graveyard. <laughs> so um but again like this isn't some sort of mega competitive deck unfortunately i have had this i immediately when i bought the precon slotted him in immediately i have not once seen him oh, no. i know it's so sad so i i don't know like again it's the best planeswalker that's ever been printed so that makes a lot of sense the way he would be in this deck and two red what are you gonna do what are you gonna do that's better yeah, I mean, look, for this deck, I'm fine with it. Right. I, I think it fits what your deck wants to do. Um, I actually think all four abilities are relevant, sure. mainly because of our meta. Mm -hmm. And I mean, heck, you could even, like, when I'm playing Xerus, oh, if my I didn't God. hit Tibble, you know, you could just end up hitting someone for, like, nine, yeah, which that's easy. nothing to be, like, ashamed of. I agree. And so... And I'm not, ash um, I'm not ashamed of this card. It's not victim shame should be. No, you know what you should be ashamed of? Gideon Jura. <laughs> that card you should be ashamed of. You're not wrong. So, yeah, he, he hits everything on all cylinders. He's low-costed, which is nice, because it's not swaying your curve for this potential spice. Yeah. Um, and if you, end up dis if you end up discarding him at random, you're going to be like, oh, I wish I could have played it, but it doesn't wreck the deck. Yes. I sometimes you want to, sometimes like your Elspeth hard-on that you have, you discard Elspeth, you feel terrible, <laughs> because she will dramatically warp the game yes. state. Tybalt's not going to do any of that. So yeah, you're, you're probably right. <laughs> Pish, posh, applesauce. We're on of the hot profile um i'll start it off with one of your better better madness cards in the deck it has one of my favorite indestructible angels in the art oh she is laying judgment upon you simpletons we're talking about avison's judgment Woo! so colorless red it's a sorcery it's also a rare and it says uh, Madness X and Red. So if you discard it, you discard it and paying whatever you want to X and then the Red. And then her block of text, Absence Judgment, deals two damage divided as you choose among any number of targets. If this spell's Madness cost was paid, it deals X damage divided as you choose among those permanents and or players instead. So I, I really, really like this because Madness, you basically, I believe, get to do it at instant speed. Mm -hmm. 
uh, because, you know, it's on the stack, so you'd have to do the instant speed. This is a sorcery card. A lot of times the uh, Angie Falconrath players will wait to tap her until the turn right before them. Right. Which also usually means I'm leaving up mana potentially. Yep. So I could see this being a hop to where I have some serious issues. Let me just see what kind of happens. Exactly. Okay. Tap Addison, discard this. I'll put eight into X right. and I'll divide that eight however I need to. It could be a yeast card because it could be late enough in the game to where it's like, oh, I just drew this. Tap Angie. I bolt you to death basically. Yep. Or uh, sorry, uh, ruling earthquake or fireball, however you want to talk right. about it. So if it, it fits a lot of your different buckets and when you discard this, you'll untap Angie and get to do it again. So I think it hits a lot of things on a lot of different levels. Agreed. And uh, the only thing I agree with all that, the only thing I'll add in is that this is like the premier way of getting rid of planeswalkers in this deck. Start picking them down mm. a little bit. Cause that, again, like in these colors, there's not a ton of options at a budget level that will get, that will get rid of those. So, yeah, I agree. Sure. I mean, Absent Judgment came in, and I think I have a foil of it that I put in here. One of the better, one of the better cards in the deck by a country mile. Cool. Well, what's your next hop card, or what's your first hops card? So I ha also have what I, uh, what in my opinion is another banger madness card. Another one. <gasps> and this one's a creature. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Big game, Big game hunter. hunter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On fire today. All right, uh, Big Game Hunter is a colorless and black black for a creature, human, rebel, assassin. It's an uncommon and 1-1, one, one, costs 35 cents. Well, there's actually not even that much text on it. I feel like you read more than I would. I'm going to read. Uh, when he when he ETBs, destroy target creature with power 4 or greater, it can't be regenerated. Madness for a black. This, I think, I actually believe that this card could see and has seen play in other black decks. I've seen it in non-madness oh, yeah. decks, if you can believe it. Um, so again, I think the this this again highlights my point of why I wish there was more good madness creatures for things like tortured existence that are just creatures, right? Mm. Being able to potentially like recur this more than once feels real good to go from your graveyard and up get the get the triggers there. Um, the power four or greater is kind of weird in black. There's really no other effect that I can think of that does that. Uh, but there's going to be some target. There's going to be some creature that you need to zap, whether it's a huge crater hoof out of nowhere or void winner. Yes, great point. Anything like that. Um, just a really, really solid inclusion in this. And like pretty much, I mean, I think like the last two cards we talked about, if you're playing Angie, it's going to be in close to 100% of the text, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and honestly, to your point about this could see played a lot of other black decks. I mean, I actually toyed around with it being in my Shirai deck oh. for a very long time because it's on ETB, not necessarily the madness. Right. So like if I had to discard down to hand size, um, I could just discard and then pay the madness and play it. Uh, if I say even if I was mana screwed, I only had two mana. It's like, OK, well, I have eight cards. I'll move to my instep. Oh, Zap! I'll discard this, pay it. Yeah. And kill potentially nothing. But it could be something. And then it's a one one. So it always comes back with Shirai's ability. Um, you know, price he's playing that. I would guess it price he's play in probably non-competitive like Marin and Pyridor mm -hmm. decks, yeah. I'd have to imagine. Uh, probably Sir Grimm, yeah. because I just can't escape what that nightmare <laughs> is. Maybe um, maybe a sleeper hit in a Yarok deck, being able to get two targets at four or greater. So yeah. that's that's start, that's probably getting the range, but yeah, like this card's been around for a really long time. I think it was in, 
I already give up. I can't think that. I can't think that long ago. But some set from a long time ago when there's a few madness sleepers in there as well. So yeah. And to your, and to your point, Big Tuck, it's only in forty two hundred black decks total. Forty out of two hundred and sixteen thousand. Oh, okay. I was like forty two hundred seems like a lot, but that's like half of that is Angie decks. Half of them are people <laughs> who don't know what they're doing. So it all add up there. It's cool. So yeah, but like uh, literally, it's in. Uh, <laughs> We just talked about it. Shirai and Angie, it is in 2,600 of those decks. <laughs> so out of the 4,200, it's in 2,600 of the two ones we just talked about. So yeah, it's it's barely in black decks. Uh, I, I can't even imagine what the other ones would be. But yes, Big, big Game Hunter does some work in this deck and does work in a lot of different decks too. All right. Well, what is your... Oh, wait, no, you just did that one, so now I have to go. And I can't imagine you talked about this card. Oh. Can't imagine oh. it. It's a sorcery. Uh-huh. And it has... Siphon Mind. Oh, it's not... That's, that's an animal card. Siphon Mind. I thought for a second you said uh, Cypher, and I was like... Color Matrix, yes. What? The Matrix? <laughs> <laughs> so, Siphon Mind, guys, uh, is three colorless black, sorcery, two dollars. Mm -hmm. Good God. Mm -hmm. um, each other player discards a card, and you draw a card for each card discarded this way. I have literally never seen this card played where it wasn't impactful. I literally never. To, in my opinion, in Commander, this is just an ambitions cost, or whatever those cards are where you pay life. Right? Like, this This is a four-mana draw three almost every time, right? Well, th this is basically, if you look at it, you pay four mana, and you're going to have a six-card swing. Mm -hmm. Because, yes, you're losing a card. You're going to draw three, so you netted two, and each of your opponents are going to lose one. So, sorry, it's a five-card swing total. Right. Which is, f that's amazing. It's insane. Um, and I wish, so this is also... I think another way that this this deck could go would be a little bit heavier on the discard stuff as well to do sure. to kind of do like everyone and it's kind of built in. But again, as we've discussed in the past, doing a discard deck is hard because people just run out of cards and you're kind of like, oh, here we are. Um, yeah. Do you run this in any of your decks? Is a real question. No. What? None of them. Yeah, I know. I don't think I own a copy though. Ooh. That's the thing. Audible gasp. Uh, I think there is. I mean, I'm su I'm surprised I don't run it in my Nickel Bolas deck. To be yeah, fair, yeah. But I think that deck is. It's kind of like the, all the fat's been trimmed. It, it's sort of like you know a Dwayne the Rock Johnson. There's not much there to trim <laughs> off. You're gonna get. You're gonna have to get some stuff off the butt. But, but yeah, right. like I said, I, I think this card's probably criminally underplayed. I completely agree. I completely agree with you on that. Well, what is your next card? Second one. Because you have two more. I have two more. And you have one more, right? I have no more. Oh, right. Okay, so um, I'm going to talk about two cards. Um, they're both multicolors. So the first one is going to be Grave Upheaval. Um, we've talked about this before, but just a quick reminder. Four colorless, uh, black, red. It's a sorcery. Um, it's in about a buck for an uncommon, which is shocking to me. So, uh, put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control, it gains haste, and then basic land cycling too. Um, which means you can pay to discard this card, search the library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. So, I think this is something where th this is... 
this is we've talked about this in previous decks where this is kind of an easy target to, to trim because it is kind of yeah. overcosted and you're like, well, it probably won't win you the game. But I do think that there is enough support in Angie and enough discards where the cycling cards actually do a lot, right? So yeah. and this one, again, in Rakdos, it's very hard to find the good mana ramp. So even just rank, so the world exists where you pay to discard this, get an ability off that discard on yourself, go get your land and then mm-hmm. go to the races there. Um, there's also some of, if at some point, people are gonna have to start making decisions about what to take out of their own hands and put away and i could see yeah. it being like oh someone like you played you know whatever card you played uh siphon mind early and someone binned in, on uh avacyn angel of hope or something big like sure. that where they're like i don't even care i'll figure this out later and you might be able to sneak that in the only thing that's the downside for this in my opinion in this deck is there's rarely going to be a, a target in your own graveyard that you're going to want to spend six mana on right like uh, I don't know, man. You you have some beaters in your yeast package, and so normally I, I would agree with you. Like it's overcosted, you could probably get something better. But think about this: Beacon of Unrest does a, I think, almost identical effect. Yeah. It gets shuffled back in, but you don't get to basically land cycle it. So it's one more mana. You get to use it once, but you have the option for the basic land cycling. So early and mid game. Mm-hmm. You could hit that rough patch to where maybe you played Angie. No one believed you that you're not playing a good Angie deck, so they killed her, as they should. Uh, And now you have no card engine, and you have no mana. That two mana could now finally get you back online, because then once you get a land to hand. And then when you're talking late game, it's going to do the exact same thing as Beacon of Unrest, where I've made you make difficult choices, and now I get to pick what I want from everyone. So I actually really like it for this deck because of of those kind of main two points. Nicol Bolas, I wouldn't run this card in it, even though I think it might be in there, but I might have cut it. Yeah. Uh, mainly because I have blue. Yes. And so blue helps figure a lot of that stuff out. But when you're stuck in Rakdos, it's kind of like when you have to make the hard choices when you're in Boros <laughs> or oh. mono red, mono white. Yeah. Sometimes you have to run the little, little less efficient card right, right, right. because it gives you the more flexibility at different points in the game. Yes. Wow, you're you're so much gentler on this deck than I am. <laughs> it's a new leaf. I'm not always a monster. It's a new leaf for Mr. Combo. So, um, last bit here. Uh, I'll go through this last one as quickly as I can because there's actually a wall of text. This is one of my favorite new planeswalkers. That's probably we won't see a whole lot out of. Uh, we were talking Angrath the Flame Chain. So when I saw this spoiled, I was like, this card is going to do something. So. Three colorless and Rakdos, that's black-red. It's a legendary Planeswalker Angrath. That's a mythic. And also, I'm coming for you, Jimmy. So uh, it comes in four loyalty uh, and has three abilities that I think are mostly kind of relevant. So the big one that I use is the plus one. Each opponent discards a card and loses two life. Um, sure. That's, I think, the big one, right? So minus three is a threatened ability, which is also good. Gain control of target creature until end of turn. Untap it. It gains haste until end of turn. Sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step if it has CMC three or less. Um, and then finally, the minus eight, which I've seen this card played a fair amount. I've never seen someone come close to minus eight on it. Um, each opponent loses life equal to the number of cards in his or her graveyard. So... The middle one for me is is the one that kind of doesn't do a lot in this deck. Outside of like maybe sniping a Birds of Paradise or like perhaps some two drop commander. Yes, exactly. Or Lavinia or whatever the case may be. 
you know, that's kind of like the, the big win there. What I really like about it is the discard, right? Like I said, there is kind of like a discard sub package in here where discarding a card will give you value and then also losing life. Two life isn't anything to, it's like whatever, but if it happens multiple times over and over again, I mean, sure. we've talked about like you get this down turn four or five and there's still three or more, there's still at least three, five, maybe longer turns. We're talking like eight life and eight cards for five mana um, and then double that or triple that for each opponent. So again, mm -hmm. I think it's kind of, this is one that's probably could kind of be in the spice package as well. But I just, I really like it. I really like the design of it. And I'm just on board with Angrath, man. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely put it in your spices over a hops, uh, mainly because your deck is more geared for you discarding yeah, right. than your opponents are discarding. If I had to put it on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being your opponent's discard uh, and 1 being you discarding, I'd probably put the deck at like a 3. Yeah, fair point majority of the deck is for you to be doing stuff, which that's how Angie wants to operate, but that's where you're in this funky area of, I don't really need Angie to operate, I could do this other stuff, but it's like, well, your deck is still geared for you discarding, it's just you don't have the madness to get the benefit right, right, right. from Angie to be able to continue the train. So I would put Angrath there. I'm surprised you haven't seen the minus eight, because I'm going to be honest, there's zero reason why I would ever personally kill this Planeswalker when it hits the battlefield, unless I'm just extremely low on cards, right, right. Um, until it gets to the six, seven, eight mark. Um, you know, it, it's it's fine. Sure. Uh, I think for five mana, it's right on the range. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you. It's right on the range. Yeah, but I like Planeswalkers, so I didn't cut it. Yeah. Well, now we're gonna mosey on over to the east. Big Tuck, keep talking. I want to hear that voice. So this is a, this is I was trying to hold on to the Commander twenty twenties because I thought they might go up in price or something. And I remember that this card was in here, so I immediately ripped them apart, and I'm glad I did because <laughs> the last time I played this deck, this card does work. So. It's a badger. Badger, 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 badger. Mushroom. It's also a dinosaur. We're talking Surly Badgersaur. Yes. Three colorless and a red for a 3-3. It's a rare creature, badger dinosaur. Damn it. Yes. This one actually has a lot to read in my eyes. Oh my God, this does have a lot of text. Enjoy. Five dollars. I know. Uh, whenever you discard a creature card, put a plus one, plus one counter on Surly Badger, 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 Soar. Uh, whenever you discard a land card, create a treasure token. Amazing. Uh, whenever you discard a non-creature, non-land card, Surly Badger, 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 Soar fights up to one target creature you don't control. So literally, think of it this way. You discard a creature card, which usually has power and toughness. Well, Surly Badger Sword takes that power and toughness. Discard a land card, which usually produces mana. Well, you get a treasure token, which produces mana. And uh, I, I guess technically you can look at it this way. Whenever you discard a non-creature, non-land card, if it's like a removal, right. Surly Badger Sword kills another creature, so it's kind of a removal spell. Basically, whatever you're pitching, Surly Badger Sword somewhat replaces that effect for right. you. The only thing I don't like about this card, and I think it's I think it's like a slam dunk in all Angie and self-discard decks, right? Like cycling decks, that sort of thing. I was really pissed that they made this new cycling girl. 
Uh, really good. Well, yes, and Jeskai instead of freaking Esper, so I could get some more stuff for Zer. But <laughs> maybe only dream. The only thing I don't like about this card is that a it's a creature, right? So it's gonna it could die to removal. And if you do do a it do do get it? If you <laughs> if you do do a self wheel effect, there is a very good chance this card is just dead. Because you have to fight, you have to fight on each no, one. Up to one. R right, but I'm saying like if you when you discard, if you discard four non-creature non-land cards. Oh wait. Yeah. Oh, up to, up oh, to. never mind. This card's amazing. <laughs> I, I'm an idiot. <laughs> oh my god. I thought it was hat I thought it was fights. Oh my god. No. Oh no. So have you been playing it wrong? Uh no, I just read it wrong. Yeah, that all adds up. That's why this card's five dollars. <laughs> it's, it's blockers. Yeah, it's yes. just, I like it because it could be one of those points of the game to where Surly's out. You've already played your land for turn, but you're one mana away. But you can't play another land because Rakdos doesn't do that. <laughs> Boom. Pitch that land. Get a treasure. You can get out your big banger. Uh, I like the fact that you can throw counters on yeah. it. It, it. Once again, if you built this like an appropriate... It's kind of like last week's episode of the Slivers. Oh. And if I actually went back to Sliver Queen, how the deck would just be so much better. Right. This deck would be piles better if you just made it an actual Angie deck. Yeah, right. Because, I mean, in one cycle, you could potentially throw like five or six plus one plus one counters on this thing. And just wreck. And that'd be amazing. Interesting. Do you think that so you think that's gonna be a theme for this month? Where it's like we we what? we like oh. we turned it away from what it's not supposed to be, but if we just turned it back into the deck that it should be, it actually works better. I mean very well it could be. Okay. And uh yeah, so Ooh, think of it this way. The decks we talk about this month, they are Batman. And then what we've turned them into is Bruce Wayne when he walks away from the mantle, but he doesn't realize the best version of himself is to go back and become Batman. Damn. I like it. I like it a lot. All right. So my next one, I think this card, once again, if he made this an Angie deck, <laughs> is sneaky good. Uh, probably one of the better Minotaurs uh, yes, this in the deck. Uh, we're talking about Glint Horn Buccaneer. Ooh, that's good. So, colorless, red, red, creature, minotaur, pirate. It has haste. It's a rare. Uh, and it's a 2-4. Whenever you discard a card, Glintenhorn Buccaneer deals one damage to each opponent. Which, if you had Sir Conrad, that would turn into two damage if it's a creature card. Then, you can pay a colorless red, discard a card, draw a card, activate this ability only oh. if Glintenhorn Buccaneer is attacked. I see what you mean. Yeah, so here's kind of a cool thing, though. We just talked about Surly Vagisaur. For if you discard a land card, you get a treasure. You have other cards that I won't talk about yet, that when you discard particular cards, you get mana. Mm -hmm. This could potentially end up turning into some sort of infinite discard a card draw um. mechanic. Because you can generate the mana that you need with your other things, keep activating his ability while he's attacking, boom, he's kind of shooting everyone for one at a time. You got Angie there tapping, so it's like, oh, I didn't, I, di I couldn't discard the land card that I needed. Tap Angie, let's madness something away, untap, ooh, it's a land card again, boom, I'll discard that. I, I think it could do a lot, a lot of stuff. Uh, so it's funny, the more you say, like, you're gone away from the madness for Angie, I was like, okay. I am doing a fair amount of like cycling stuff because effectively you're doing cycling, right? So, but the issue is yes. this, the stuff where cycling matters says when you cycle a card, not when you discard it. So I think, you, I think you bring up a sure. good point. Um, 
This card also is like reverse of another card that's very popular, that which we probably won't get into, um, in such that it does it on your discard as opposed to your draw. Uh, I will say that you have correctly identified this as a good card because the second this comes down, it's Bedlam. People are like, what are we gonna do about this? We're gonna be able to handle this. What are we doing? Are we losing life every turn or what? It's like, guys, it's just a, it's just a, it's just a Minotaur. But uh, they also wisely don't stay off drugs. Minotaur, <laughs> probably probably heater in the Rakdos Minotaur tribal decks that are floating around too. So, boo. Yeah, it's it's a bad tribe. Um, so yeah. Anyways, Glittenhorn Buccaneer. If you guys build your Angie decks right, it will wreck. If you don't build it right, it'll probably be yeah. okay. It's it's big. Does a lot of work. What is your second card? Right, so I'm going to talk about what, in my opinion, is bar none, the best card in the deck. Oh, sure. And it also has one of our favorite audio engineers mentioned on it. Because we are talking about a squee, Goblin to Bob. The OG squee. This card is such a cheat. I can't believe they put it oh in my the gosh, pre-con. Like, a, they clearly knew this thing was just going to wreck. Oh, it's, it's, what are you trying to say about me? You're saying I'm a cheat. I don't believe uh, it. It's a two colorless and a red for 1-1. One, one. Um, flavor text. Here we go. God, my eyes are getting worse, guys. Some goblins are expendable. Some are impossible to get rid of. But he's both at the same time. Which also was very similar to the... Uh, the flavor tax, the flavor tax, the flavor text that we read about uh, in Nekazar. So, at the beginning of your upkeep, you may return Squee Goblin to Bob from your graveyard to your hand. What deck? We were we were talking about a deck where it was. Oh, this card. This is similar to um, Norn the Wary and Perforos, Where if I have this in three lands of my opener. I don't give a shit. I'm, ho- I'm holding on to that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Literally, this is... So, I wish this is... I... The more we talk about it, too, the more I wish that there was a card that did something like Angie that wasn't madness-related. Because this gives sure. so much value every turn, and it also plays into the other cards that are very good into it, like the Tortured Existence. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to talk about it, but there's other cards where you can discard and immediately get value off of that discard, no matter what it is. Um, it is stupid that they printed this in the pre-con and they weren't like, hey guys, you actually have to go think about what card's good in this deck. Because he's sitting here at 40 cents. Uh, I mean, <laughs> what, what, else is there to say? Well, what else is there to say about this? I, I think the the crazy thing with this guy is... Uh, How much do you like Spandalus? The card in general works amazing in Angie. Yes. Not going to argue that. But the fact that Squee Goblin Nabob is so good in so many different decks is really what makes him unique mm-hmm. and function phenomenal. And it's it's one of these cards that I, I, I love that Wizards designed it this way. And the same thing with the other Squee, the Immortal. Oh, right. Be- because... Usually when we talk about staples, standards, oh, if you run a red deck, you have to do this. It's usually like mana rocks, mana ramp, counter spells. <laughs> it's usually not a, oh, you have to run a Shieldred if you run black. Right, right, right. Like, it'd be cool if you did it, but, you know, who cares? These squeeze fit into so many different avenues right. 
that you can literally pick up one and you will always have a deck that you could put it in. Even if it's a, like a fringe, like ah, it kind of only works if I have right. this. It just works really well. Like if it's in the graveyard, put it back to your hand and now you got more discard fodder or a chump blocker. Yes. And I have to imagine once people figure out your rigmarole, you're getting swung at. So you probably eventually do play Sweet at some point and just use it to protect your life. I, I will be honest, I have... I Every time I've played this deck, I think, except for maybe once I've had Squee, I have never actually paid mana to cast him. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> wow. I call agree that value. You. Yes, it's it's kind of nuts. Um, but again, to your point, it was kind of like, okay, Wizards, thanks for just giving me this card on a platter in this deck that's going to use it to, <laughs> to death. But enough about Squee. What is your last one? Last one. Mr. Combo. I would see this card came out in Eldraine, the worst set ever. Oh, okay. It would it would get played on Arena, and when it would land, I would do everything in my power to kill it because it wrecked in Standard. Uh, and honestly, I probably wrecks just as much in Commander, if not better, because you're getting a three for one. He's the master. He likes pranking. His name is Rankle he's Master. Kind, he's kind of the cutie guy. He's kind of the cuters. Uh, yeah, sure. If you like terrible, evil fairies. Uh, two colorless, black, black, legendary creature, fairy rogue. He's a mythic. Three, three for six bucks. I would definitely wait for rotation before picking up one because he'll drop in price. A whole he much. was like 15 when he first got spoiled. Yeah, because he was dominating, man. He has flying in haste. Yes. So a 3-3 three, three in standard for flying haste, that's great. Whenever he deals combat damage to a player, choose any number. And it will happen in this order. You don't get to rearrange the order, just for clarification. Oh, okay, yeah. So option one, each player discards a card. Option two, each player loses one life and draws a card. Option three, each player sacrifices a creature. So if you do decide to pick all three, they will happen in discard card, lose a life, draw a card, sack creature order. Which I guess then they will resolve in reverse. So if that I'm not sure. I about. think to your point, if there's sacrifice triggers on the battlefield for creatures, those will trigger first. Then the lose life draw card would trigger, and then the discard and all the effects that come with that would trigger as well, right? Oh, gotcha. Mm -hmm. So you, yeah, so you think that basically the bottom ability will will resolve first, right? And then the next one, then the next I, one. And again, we're not judges here, but I think I think you're right on reading it that way. Yes, and this is a card that I have never gotten to cast ever. Oh, that's upsetting. It's so upsetting. Um, it, it is bonkers. The only one in here that won't really do a lot is the sack a creature one for you. There's never really a time where you get value out of that in this deck, right? Um, but if you are playing against a Voltron, we're not talking. This is your last one, right? So we're not going to talk about this, but there are a lot of ways to generate zombies in this deck, like a three or four different ways to do it. So if you have to bin one of your zombies um, and someone else has to bin one of their Voltron pieces, it does a lot. And you said, sure. so did you actually play against this in Arena? Was it as backbreaking? Oh, yeah. Was it bad? It was awful. Really? It was awful. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Usually in Arena, you don't have, now granted, uh, some of the players in our local play group are, are standard and I would say 60 card constructed players. And I, I've heard some stories where they have tons of goblins or tons of flying 1-1, one, one, whatever the hells. 
Um, but, you know, the decks that I played weren't that. It was Golgari mid-range oh, type right, stuff. Oh, right, right, right. Um, and so, like, you know, the most creatures I would have would be, like, five or six. But a Rankle hits the battlefield, man, especially, you know, for four, a lot of times people would cheat that out. And just imagine, even in EDH, if someone, if you're able to cheat this out early in the game before really people get creatures set up, no one's ever going to get to have a creature. Yeah. Unless they can just make six or seven of them in a turn. Right, yeah, yeah. Because you're going to hit every single time and always pick the sack outlet. The The biggest kicker, though, is it does make you sacrifice as well. So you kind of have to be careful right. about that. Uh, make sure that you're generating creatures to get rid of. But, but yeah, again, with Wrinkle Master of Pranks is And to great. your point, with Tortured Existence, even if you have to bend something that's important, you can probably always get it back, too, if we get into that. Yep. All right, well, what is your last So East this card? is the most recent card I put in the deck, and I think it's one of the more expensive ones in here as well. This, uh, I got to give a tip of the hat to uh, friend of the cast, Goad. What's his name now? The Goad. I just called yeah, him the, the Goad. Goad. Okay, so he, he had a deck. He tried to do this deck so many times <laughs> and just ended up dismantling it. And I will say this card collapsed. We were talking about Kroxa, Titans of Death Hunger. Uh, all right, so here we go. Colors in a black for a 6 6 Elder Giant. It's a mythic for $20. When it enters the battlefield, sacrifice it unless it escaped. When it enters the battlefield or attacks, each opponent discards a card. Then each opponent who did discard and now land this card loses three life and it has escape. Double black, double red, exile five other cards from your graveyard. So something I want to make a quick comment yes. on. So when I, when I, every time I've ever looked at the art and I look at it from beyond, I'm like, oh God, he has like this gaping red mouth, but he has like a massive foot. He's so weird looking. You have to like really zoom in to see his very, very tiny head. It, it, it's there, a very, very tiny head. But from a distance, oh. I always thought that the big the big hole in his stomach was his actual mouth. So, and the the thing, if you look at the mouth, I'm pretty sure it's just made up of all of his teeth are also my are also uh, mouths. What? Yeah, I don't remember. There's some card that has him on it. It's disturbing. So, um, if I so if this is and this is where I think you bring up you brought up a lot of points at this. You brought up a lot of very good points about this deck, which is making me kind of rethink of how I want to do it. So I think he, the way the deck is built is potentially- He would be a better commander. I, do you think, do you agree with that to some extent? Yeah. Because then yeah. there's still, if you, so this actually is what I'm gonna try next time when I play this. I'm gonna swap him and Angie and see what the difference is, right? Because yeah, the only thing I don't like about him is he doesn't give you your own discard outlet. But as we discussed, there are piles of ways to do that. Um, the only other issue I have with him is that, as we've seen in our playgroup, when people see this card, they get very angry very quickly. <laughs> so, see, I, I never got to see the Goads deck, and I'm very upset by that. And I told him to keep it together so I could actually right. see it. Um, he absolutely refused because I guess he got hated out of all of his games. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, uh, I play my Nicol Bolas deck. People don't like discarding cards, and that deck I think is probably way worse than a Kroxa deck when it comes to like being oppressive right and not lady. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I don't feel like I get hated on any more than I do with any of my other decks, <laughs> which maybe that just says something that I'm always getting hated on. Uh, but yeah, I think, th I think the way your deck is presently constructed, your self-discard effects have nothing to do with Angie. Mm -hmm. Angie is literally to the definition of this month. You don't need the right, right, right. Which I think, if you kind of look at it this way, Tuck, when we talk about these, you know, first sliver, Angie, you don't need the commander for the deck to function. It's almost a dead card in hand. 
It's like, what's the point of having a commander that you always have access to if it's like, I'd rather not cast it because I'd rather do other stuff. You want to have a commander that you're excited to play. And I think Kroxa, to that point, is a commander that for two mana, even though you have to sack it when it comes out, Dude, turn two. Oh, you just uh, Kadama's reached or whatever. Kroxa, get rid of that yep. land. I know you needed it. You can kind of start doing what you need to do. And then later on, when you're doing your own discard stuff, it's not like Angie was untapping anyways. That's a, so. that's a phenomenal point. And on top of and on top of that, even even without Angie, you will have piles of cards that you don't want in your graveyard anyway. So yeah, maybe, maybe, we'll, t- maybe yep. we'll give her a swap. Maybe we'll give him a swap. All right. Well, that's going to make us migrate to some spicy guys. Man, I'm try- I, was, I, I wanted to make sure I didn't do the same one as you. Oh, uh, you're playing. Now, it's your, now so, it's your turn to play this game. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the original vampire commander that Mr. McGoo used to run. Three, two, one. Go ahead. You didn't pick it. Olivia no. mobilized for war. <laughs> You're not going to get me like you, I did you last week. Because remember, I just got done editing that uh, oh, episode, no. so I knew what I did. I was I listening did. to it, and I, the, the, the rage and the fever came right screaming back to me. <laughs> <laughs> so Olivia mobilized for war is a colorless Rakdos, arguably the worst of the vampire tribal commanders. Yeah. Um, a lot of, I mean, I think she's better than the other Olivia, just personal opinion. Obviously, Edgar's number one, but you know, you could kind of debate which Olivia is better. Um, legendary creature, vampire knight, mythic, 3 3. Uh, and she does a couple things. She has flying, and it says whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may discard a card. And if you do, put a plus one, plus one counter on that creature, and it gains haste until end of turn, and it becomes a vampire in addition to its other types. The vampire part's worthless, doesn't do anything <laughs> for you. But this is giving you a discard outlet that, once again, has nothing to do with Angie, doesn't do anything for Angie. And you get to get something haste and possibly get a plus right. one, plus one. So if you think about it, if you have Olivia mobilized for war out there and Crooks is your commander and it's in your yard, four mana, I got a 7-7 seven, seven now with right. haste, three turn clock. Yeah, it's it's hard. Um, I agree with you. I actually really like this card. And I remember when I I traded this for $20 like five years ago, which was awesome. And then I just picked one up for two bucks the other day. I think, so <laughs> I think to your point, the only, the issue is... I think it still kind of goes back to the amount of creatures I run in this. I run, I only run nineteen, and half of those are just like solemns and these other like madness cards. So I think sure. Olivia would really shine in like the better version of this deck without Angie, right? Like, with, sure. I think to your point, like with Croxa, because again, it's it's an end of the battlefield. Um, I just honestly, I just like the build of this card a lot. Like, like like you said, a three three flyer four three that has another ability that fuels into this. Even if even yeah. if Croxa was the commander, this is also now my dis- this is just another backup discard outlet, right? Yep. And honestly, this could get run in more decks than it probably yeah. does because you could almost look at this like look at Lightning Greaves. Mm-hmm. That's just a universally good card. This could also just be universally, and it says ETB. You don't even have to cast. Right. So if you have some sort of draw engine, you could put this in any other deck that runs black and red. Um, like heck, I could throw it in my own Rakdos deck just to give Greven. Oh haste. sure. And and nothing wrong and with that. And also, the two last things I'll say: this card 
in Marchesa the Black Rose because it gives a counter. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's really nasty in there. Um, and yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> I, I, I don't all know right. what my last well, uh, Tuck, what, what is your all right, spice? So this card? one actually came hot off the presses from a Weatherlight report. He Woo! is this also this card also fits in chair tribal. We're talking about vengeful barrow. So Ew. oh man. You don't like it? I'm oh my it. goodness. Uh, how, you son of a bitch. How dare you? Um <laughs> And I can kind of see why, because it kind of fits in this like weird because this deck exists in the ether, this card also exists in that same ether, right? Yeah. Yeah. So two colorless, three black for a five-four creature zombie. It's a rare, a puck seventy-six for some reason. I guess I guess that lich tribal is really big. So uh, death touch, and then whenever combat damage is dealt to you or a planeswalker you control. If Vengeful Pharaoh is in your graveyard, destroy target attacking creature, then put it on top of your library. So for me, this this I, this card has worked for me in the past. I have never cast it. It I mean, I've never <laughs> cast this card ever. All I do is I I I've drawn it. I bin it with Angie. Draw a new card, and it's just sitting there. I'm like, you guys want to attack me? You're more than welcome to. But I'm gonna be able to blow something up of yours. And in that sense, it kind of so- plays a. It plays a worse mimic of squeeze card, right? Wherein it kind of can get mm. you back in the cycle, can kind of get you moving through that. Um, it is a extraordinarily cute card. It's one of the few creatures that I wish I actually could cast at some point, but here we are. Yeah, I, I mean, look, it, it's fine. Um, I'm not like ultra hating sure. on it by any means. It's definitely, I can see the cute factor. Right. The reason I cut it is I was trying to make the deck more Angie oh, relevant. Yeah. And I found cards that will do the same effect. Actually, I think I told you to cut it from one of your other decks. Um, so you'll actually have a copy if you listen to me. Oh, okay. um, And, you know, the, the thing is, uh, I'm trying to... Yeah, so the Vengeful Fair triggers can't even stack. <laughs> right. So, you know, it, I mean, it'd be different if it was like, oh, I get eight triggers, I get eight destroys, and I get eight of them. Oh, okay. You right, win. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that you only get one, you know, h- how much is that really going to hurt a go white yes, deck? Fair point. Or even to that point, a go tall deck, if I hit you with four seven sevens. Like, okay, you yeah. take one, wait, one of them, I still deal 21 to yep, you. fair point. So, uh, but it is a cute card. Um, I do like it. It kind of has this weird squee uh, <laughs> goblin nabob effect yes, right. to where it's like, I'm discarding it with Angie and then I'm always going to get it back in some way, shape, or form. Right. So I can see yeah. it. All right. Well, now we're going to head over to the bottle capping. And as a reminder, these will be big tucks and eyes, cuts and recommendations to the deck that are under five, under 50, and a no budget personal recommendation. Apparently, big tuck said he's breaking the bank today, so we'll have to see and make sure it's not a mana only land. I have, a, <laughs> I have an honorary mention because I didn't even know this card was in the deck, and I need to cut it because it does not work in here at all. So okay. I, I am cutting. Crux of Fate, because it is terrible in this deck. Uh, this is, this, <laughs> yeah, this, we this are. is an honorary uh, one, so it doesn't, so, absolutely so it doesn't matter. This is an honorary one, so it doesn't count. I am cutting it for a Toxic Deluge that I just opened in Double Masters. <laughs> <laughs> but Mr. Combo, why don't you... So that's my honorary one. Why don't you... Can you, oh, okay, so, okay. So now we're doing honorary. That mentions. one doesn't count for oh, me, right. but I knew I knew that you had your freaking laser sights on that from a mile away, like uh, American Sniper. So so why don't you start off with the with the cuts there? 
All right, all right. So my under five, I will cut Crux of Fate. Um, and I'm going to cut it for a card that... Oh, we didn't even read what Crux of Fate does. Sure. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, so Crux of Fate, guys. Two black, three colorless, sorcery, and has two effects, choose one. I'm doing this all from memory because I know how bad this card is. Uh, destroy all non-dragon creatures or destroy all dragon creatures. The only, the only thing you missed there was wow. that it is three and two black, and somehow this card's a buck fifty. So, again... So... Yes. What I'm going to do is I, I like the fact of having some sort of board wipe each right. effect, because I don't really think you have any of that type of stuff really. in here, which could be your downfall. Agreed. So Toxic Deluge is great, but I wanted to give you something that is a pet card of yours from Xur. Oh. I didn't like it in Xur that much. I love it in this deck. If you build it right with Angie, because you could, in theory, board wipe your opponents every single one of your turns. Archfiend of Oh, Ithmere. Yeah. So, three colorless black black creature demon. It's a 5-4. It has flying. Whenever you cycle or discard another card, put a neg one, neg one counter on each creature your opponents control, cycling for two. So, a couple things. One, early game. You can cycle it away for two mana, go to your graveyard. You have plenty of ways to kind of do a creature rigmarole swap to get right. it back. Mid to late game, if you build an appropriate Angie <laughs> deck, you can play this and possibly discard four cards on your turn. That's four neg one, neg one counters. Nine times out of 10, that's a board wipe, or you made everything into one ones yeah. or two twos. So I, I think this thing slams and it's a flyer. So a five in the air will help kind of progress your game along. Um, and I'm pretty sure I told you to cut this from your Zer deck or whatever previous, it's whatever the it most was, recent was, deck you, we talked so about. It was, it was Nekazar and you are 100% correct. I have, I have all these lying around the binder. So we'll be making we that go. cut this very evening. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, what is your under five cut and So add? I'm about to get a little crazy. What? I'm about <laughs> okay. to get a little crazy. I'm actually going to cut Hedron Archive. Oh, for me. Yeah, exa yeah, exactly. I just opened one of those two. No, uh, so Hedron Archive is... Oh, I thought you were no, serious. No, no. So I got to figure... Dude, talk about analysis paralysis. I have a stack of cards from... <laughs> I still have the stack from Double Masters. I don't do it, so... Hedron Archive is four colorless, tap it for two uh, colorless, uh, two tap sack, draw two cards. So it's fine, but it doesn't really fit the theme, and I just had one line around. It's just kind of a generic, sure. good budget mana rock. So instead, I'm going to cut it for something that will lower the curve and also feed into the deck. So I'm actually going to cut it for Bog Witch. So Bog Witch is, okay. a, is a common, it's two colors and a black for a creature human spell shaper. And again, I'm I'm hot on this creature train and trying to get more of them in here, right? So black yeah. tap, discard a card, add three black mana. So I, I right. like that a lot more than Hedron Archive because it lowers the CMC. And even though, it, even though you could argue you only do this once a turn, you're like, okay, you can only do Hedron Archives. You can only do Hedron Archives abilities once a turn anyways. Whether it's the mana or or tap and draw, um, and I think for me, if we're trying to cut out, and you know, maybe I'll keep Hedron Archive in, cut out some madness card for this. The fact that this is just another built-in discard effect can be very powerful. The fact it's also a creature plays into the tortured existence, plays into the early badgesaur, that sort of thing. I think more than Hedron Archive. Could. You know, 
I don't hate it. I just, the thing I don't like about it is technically Hedron Archive, you can play for four and then immediately yeah. tap for two versus this play for three and you got to wait the rotation right. to net two. So that's the only three. thing I don't like about it. Um, but I, I can see where you're going with it. Um, Hmm. And a lot of time, I mean, I guess there is always the Olivia we talked about. You could discard something, throw a counter on it, yeah, <laughs> then it has haste. I, and I will say the deck tag, yeah, the, that hotness. I will say a lot of the times, like with Hedron Archive, because it is four. Generally, when I play it, I'm not doing anything with that mana anyways, right? I like tap out for uh, Hedron. Okay. It's there unless I have a Soul Ring or a Felwar Stone or something. Yeah, dude, you got you to think those those pro plays where it's like I'm gonna tap out for Hedron Archive, then tap it for two, and then go out play of the this, uh, Signet. So, uh, I just I thought I'd get a little crazy. I thought I'd get a little crazy. I all like right, it. so what's your what's your second? Um, all right, so my second cut for my under fifty. I'm cutting the Vengeful Pharaoh. Don't need to Fair go enough. into it. Uh, basically, I looked at um, Archfiend of Ifnir is kind of the Vengeful Pharaoh replacement. Yeah. Um, so what I'm going to cut it for though, we're on the Archfiend train and this is a madness card, Archfiend of Spite. Oh, five colorless black, black creature demon. It's a six, six rare and it has madness for three black, black. So it gets a two reduction right. when you madness it. And it says whenever a source and opponent controls deals damage to Archfiend of Spite, that source's controller loses life that much unless they sacrifice that many permanents. I think this thing will wreck in your deck. And when it goes to the graveyard, we've discussed, you have ways of manipulating right. your graveyard to get stuff back. It'll feed into Angie. So now you're discarding, playing it for cheap, getting other effects. And you got a 6-6 six, six beater in the air. Oh, you want a chump block with a 1-1? One, one? Well, uh, looks like you're going to have to sack a permanent or lose a yep. life anyways. Uh so it's just it's just gonna feed into a lot of these things, and then God, if you have a way, if you put an equipment in here, I don't know why you would, <laughs> but say you turn it into a Croxa deck, put an equipment in to give trample, Oof. trample like yeah. God. Turns into like a Frixie Indicator. I agree, and this is also one. So this was in the precon. I fool. I agree with you. I foolishly cut it because I've seen the precon just played straight out, and this card was like borderline unbeatable because it's like right on the edge of using a removal for because it's only a six six. And I put it into my crappy yeah. Rakdos flip a car, flip a coin. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure I have two cuts lying around that I'm going to slot right back into this. Man, I'm two, two for two. two. It has never happened. Hey, one more. You're on fire. All right. Oh. Ooh. NBA Jam rules. Yes, sir. They count. All right, Big Tuck. What's your under 50? So I'm kind of a planewalker, planeswalker, and I remember being extremely hot on this, and the more we've talked about it, how, how dare you? Best card in the deck, <laughs> please. Um, I don't think this is a good card. Mm. So I'm going to cut Chandra Flamecaller. So four colorless, red, red, so it's six. For four, with yeah. four loyalty, legendary planeswalker Chandra, so plus one, create two three one red elemental creature tokens with haste, exile them at the beginning of the next end step. In this deck, nothing. Does does literally nothing, right? I mean, look, it doesn't do nothing because you are I need I need to you, win somehow. The, so yeah. You have to win somehow, and this at least puts six damage on the right. board that your opponents have to block. And once again, if you turn this into a Kroxa deck, well, it's like, gosh, do right. I put my resources to blocking Kroxa because that's command damage? Or do I stop these three ones that just keep me right. over and over? <laughs> um, so I don't think it's nothing, 
But I think the next ability is probably what you're more excited about. Well, so about. That's, what I, that's what I thought, right? So zero is discard all the cards in your hand and then draw that many cards plus one. And then it's minus X is it deals X damage to each creature, right? So the minus X in my books, like I'm generating zombies and other things off of a bunch of things that you're not gonna never going to do, it, right? And the issue, the issue yeah. I have with the zero is that you have to discard all the hand, all the cards in your hand. You don't get a choice, right? So you, yeah. it's not like you get to pick and choose the cards and then draw that many plus one. It's all of them. It's kind of like an all or nothing thing. And yeah, so here's the thing, is if you would have built the Angie deck the way Angie's supposed to be built, 80% of the cards you would be discarding would be madness yeah. cards to put additional triggers on the stack. So I think for the way, once again, the presently constructed, you're right. It's not a good card. But if you made this more into an Angie deck, right. I think it's a banger. Plus, you know, you didn't, uh, you know, we didn't talk about it. I don't think... Hold on, I've already blacked out all the cards that we've talked about. <laughs> Bone Miser, yes, for example. Agreed. I mean, that could trigger like seven things off Bone Miser to where you're getting like eight additional mana and drawing X amount more cards. And so I think Chandra Flamecaller is a is a good card for the deck. I just think you need to tune it a little bit more. And to another point, I get it at six right. mana, but I treat Chandra Flamecaller very similar to Jace the Mind Sculptor. When I play Jace and people just see that I'm brainstorming, right. it's like that's great value for zero. But is he is he winning the game right now? No, I'd rather focus on another scary right, planeswalker yeah. threat. And, this, and I think Chandra's probably in that I same boat. I think if it was like one less, or you had the ability to choose this card, then I'd be more on board with it. But every time I've cast this in this deck, I'm always like, well, I don't want to zero it because I like the cards in my hand. And what I so it sounds like you don't want to play a Mandus deck. Probably then, not. Uh, that would so be I'm, I'm going to cut it for a new <laughs> card. It's a mythic. Um, we were talking Cavalier of Flame. So two colorless, triple oh, red. I got you one. Really? Hold on to yeah. that. So it's a 6-5 Elemental Knight, which is a big boy. And I kind of, I like your idea with the last card too, of actually getting some like real creatures in here that can do something. So um, colorless and red, creatures you control get plus one, plus zero, gain haste until end of turn. Due to the Waste Knots, the Bone Misers, and the Surly Badger Swords of the world, yep. that actually does make a lot of sense. If you have some monster turn where you generate 20 zombies, sure. and you're like, well, okay, pass. Board wipe, game over. Um, and this is the part yep. I like about too. When it enters the battlefield, discard any number of cards, then draw that many cards, right? So I can see I can see, you the see what I'm getting at, where it's like if you have if you yeah. have the Bone Miser and the Surly Badger Sword, you can stack it when you discard to get the most value out of it. Um, and then the last one, which is a little bit more tangential, but still pretty good. Um, when it dies, it deals X damage to each opponent and each planeswalker they control, where X is the number of land cards in your graveyard. So you will be cycling through your you will be cycling through your deck. You will be discarding lands. Like a lot of times when I play this, I'm yeah. like land discard, like with Olivia, right? Like end of turn, tap, draw land, discard land, that sort of stuff. So. I don't have the, I don't think I have any sacrifice outlets in the deck that I can think of, but the fact that this has three abilities lets you give a little bit more choice in what you're doing with the discard as opposed to the Chandra and even costs one mm -hmm. less. The triple red, again, I've never really run into that issue. Um, I think the shard sure. fills in a really, really good gap in the deck and what it needs. Yeah, I'd agree. You know what? Uh, now seeing it, I'm fine with that swap. Plus, this is a creature, so you do have, like we've talked about, a few different ways to get creatures back. You have zero ways of getting Planeswalkers right. back. 
Um, granted, I think this will be more of a target than Chandra Fair will point. be because if people are smart, <laughs> they will know. Oh my gosh, he he has his like cycle in, or discard engine going. This turn, we could die to a swarm of zombies right. or whatevers uh, because the two mana to give everything plus one plus zero in haste is kind of like Kenrith's mm -hmm. ability. Like you've seen in my Game of Thrones deck, where I just like, oh, I play a bunch of stuff, pay a red haste. Yep, there you go, going in for the kill now. But even if it so, does, get, uh, even if it does like get removed, it still does something as well. Well, right because it has a dice trigger so yep. um just thought, it, just thought it did a lot of work in this all right so my personal recommendation cut cards too narrow i don't like it uh unearth oh sure yeah single black <laughs> sorcery uh from my set modern there horizons it and it has cycling for two but it also says return target creature card to convert a mana cost three or less from your graveyard right. to the battlefield uh, I, I'm not going to go into details of why that's not a great card. It does cycle, though. It's the uh, only reason but, why I like it. <laughs> but sure. it's extremely narrow. Yes. So I'm going to do it for a card I am shocked you do not have in here. It's 79 cents at Card Kingdom, 54 cents on the market. Shadow of the Grave. Oh, yeah, that card's good. <laughs> Colorless black, instant, return to your hand all cards in your graveyard that you cycled or discarded this turn. I mean, like we talked about this engine that you can have going, you'd play that and you probably win on yeah. the spot if you did your, your thing right. But once again, you have to build the deck to be more Angie focused right. than just this I'm going to discard stuff to discard right, right. stuff because this card does nothing for you if you're playing your Knight's Whisperer um, doing your Cavaliers of Flame because it's like cool I got all those cards back but now I got to discard at the end of right, turn right, right. how is that going to help me I mean I guess you could discard at end of turn and still get some triggers from some other right, things right, right. but I think this I think this is the kind of card that even if you tapped out to do everything, is you have one madness card with Angie, you could start the yeah. train, generate your value with your bone misers and your others of the world, and then generate, and at the end of the whole deal, and it's like, I got one card potentially left in hand, or even three or four, shout out the grave for some of the mana that I produced, let's start yes. the train over again, and, and kind of keep digging I'm it in, down. that's three for, th three, for three. <laughs> and do you own a copy uh, of this? I do, but I think it's already in my Zer deck. But again, it's seventy cents or whatever, so I'm sure I could. Too yeah, expensive. It's way, too, way too expensive. Too, too sweet. sweet. Too sweet. <laughs> way too much for me. All right, man. Uh, we're we're at it. We're doing it. Personal right. recommendations. Right. What are you cutting? So first? I think if I do this cut, I'm gonna have to change a lot of things in this deck. But I think it's gonna work for the best. <laughs> and by change a lot of things, okay. I mean I'm gonna spend a lot of money. So I'm actually in the current build of the deck. I'm gonna cut Olivia mobilize for war. Right, like I think she's great, but I just don't think I have enough creatures that really matter. And the times where I played, the okay. times where I played this deck, it, the creatures I have are just keeping me alive as I go through my cycle rigmarole, as I go through my discard rigmarole. So <laughs> we're going to double the deck's budget unless I get one of those sweet gold border versions of it. We're gonna go with the no. classic Yagmoth's Will. So two colors, oh, and yeah. two colors of black. I thought you'd be proud. Finally decided to dust off I'm the so coppers. Happy. Two colors and a black. Until end of turn, you may play lands and cast spells from your graveyard. If a card would be put into your graveyard from anywhere this turn, exile it instead. So the way I look at the way you can rejigger this deck is putting in the winds of change effects and those sort of things, right? Where sure. you have your you have your waste knot, your bone miser, and your surly badgesaur. This is Magic Christmas Land, obviously, right? So, but you have this ability yeah. where you're able to run your cycle cards. 
and that's going to generate you all this mana, right? Then you and all these creatures, all these draws. Yog will sure. do it again, get even more value, and all that other stuff. And like that's like this would be like the premier win con of this deck. Now, do I understand the insanity of getting Urza's Saga for a deck that I built mostly as a joke deck? Yes. But I think I think with the way that this deck could go, if they and and to your point, if they make a new Rakdos commander that does what I want Olivia or Angie to do better, that's where this card really would shine. Yeah, uh, I'm fine with it. I mean, basically, I kind of read Yogmoth's Will is a any time in the game Shadow of the Grace. Yes, right. Literally, they basically do the same thing when you have your engine thing yep. going. Um, I mean, I'm lucky enough, I was able to pick up a Yogmoth's Will not for $140. <laughs> uh, and then I even got a foil promo from Missouri MTG. Oh, and I want to say I actually traded that in at OKC because I think they gave me like a buck fifty for it, buck seventy. Um, and so I used that to. What did I use that for? I think I used that to build a deck. I can't remember. I might have used it just for more duels. That probably sounds <laughs> more right. Um, so, oh no, I use it to build my CEDH ah, deck. That I, I needed like ten cards. So I, I like it. Um, I, I'm gonna be honest. I think Yogmoth's Will falls into the Jace the Mind Sculptor right. realm to where the card for the cost that it is does not provide the value in game that it Agreed. should. A hundred and forty dollar card shouldn't just be you may now cast cards for their mana right. cost out of your graveyard, and then when they go there, they get exiled. It should be a lot more broken yes. than that. Uh, once again, though, as we've talked a lot tonight, if you build the deck either more towards Angie or you made it more of a Crocs right. build, um, you, you could get it to where it does function, but... I like it as a personal recommendation because usually you don't go for the fences on terms of dollar amounts. I just don't know if even if you were like I'm gonna trade yeah, up, oh, if to, it's worth it. Like yeah. say, say, yeah, say your mana crypt. You know, it's worth 150, and a shop was like, "Hey, I'll trade you the crypt for the Yawkbox oh, will." Yeah, I don't even know no if shot. I. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would do that. Um, hell, even if it was like a two Jace the Mind Sculptors for Yawkbox will. Don't know if I yeah, would do I that. Agree. Um, uh, so yeah, it, I, I'm proud of thank you. you. The, the, uh, I just, I just think we got to really, if we're going to do that kind of cheddar, we got to make this deck a little bit more. I, I agree with you. And the, so what I might do instead is instead, we don't need to go into it is do underworld breach, which does a worse version of this for $2 and be yeah. like, Hey, does this actually do anything or am I just living some sort of pipe dream? Yeah, no, I like that. And you know what else I like? The fact that we're at the <laughs> end of the episode, and as promised, here are some details about our giveaway from our sponsor, Level 1 Game Shop. We're giving away those three super sweet lands, um, and this is the last land to announce. Uh, City of Brass, 6th edition. Nice. nice. Older copy. Uh, I think it's White Border 2, so you can set people on Woo. tilt. Uh, if you want to know how to win, it's extremely simple. Subscribe to the channel, subscribe to the audio, help promote the content that we produce on social media. You get an entry for every single thing you do with us. Um, and even if you join our Patreon, you get additional entries there. We're going to announce the winner on MTG Action 4 News September 1st, and we will put it on our Twitter account soon after. And yes, going to be doing these giveaways every single month. Could be a little sweet little land package like this. It could be a little deck that the uh, collective puts together. I thought that might be kind of fun to do uh, some month. Uh, or 
you know, it could be whatever level one decides to give us. But if you liked what you watched or listened to, leave that five-star review, subscribe to our channel, uh, or on whatever platform you consumed us on. Um, we like we like we like the nice things. Tell us sweet, sweet nothings. <laughs> right in our ears. What's Those are in? the best. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to us and find out more ways you can enter into the contest, here's how you can do that. You can reach me at Mr. Combo Number Five on Twitter. I'll spell that except for the five. Big Tuck. If they wanted to interact with your madness, where should they get compromised at? Uh, I am still foolishly on Twitter at Big Tuck Tweeting on the Twitterverse. And I still have not updated my notes in however long you've had Twitter to your actual <laughs> Twitter handle. <laughs> If you wanted to reach our main account, they're at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. We have a website where we will have the deck list and article posted, cmdtower.com. Basically, type in Canyon Slough, Memorial to Folly, Drownyard Temple, Tower.com. Now we're talking. Sweet McGee, if people want to find out how to get a hold of yourself and possibly rub your tummy for good luck for when they buy a collection of 20,000 cards, as discussed in this week's MTG Action 4 News, how could they do that? Uh, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Rich Chaos Records. You can find me at Dear Squee at cmdtower.com. Preferred method of communication is still email. Uh, I am on the Twitterverse. If you want to tweet at me, sure. Uh, I'll, I'll probably respond a little bit late. Uh, y'all like doing things really quickly in Twitter, and I'm just not there that often. Uh, other than that, that's all I got. He can do all of your audio needs and does have a full studio if you are in the local KC metro area. And you'll have to wear gloves, you'll have to wear a mask, you'll have to wear goggles, but you can rub his Buddha belly. <laughs> if you want to hook up our sponsor to let them know that these monthly giveaways are worth doing for us, head over to level1gameshop.com. When you place an order in the order notes, just type in CMD Tower. So then it came from the collective. Um, they do have their own storefront where they sell all the gaming accessories you need, CMD Tower merch, but they also do have a TCG player store, so if you need to pick up those singles or sealed product, you can do that as well. Another way that you can help actually help us financially directly is to go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. We have several different reward tiers, and like I said, you can get that Discord access. You can join the Big Tux Brew Buddies and actually get your own set of sleeves, a sweet coin, and a Big Tuck Monarch gold medal woo, token. Woo, woo. As well, as I mentioned earlier, every additional tier gives you entries into the monthly giveaways, and hopefully we will hit 50 patrons here soon, so that way we can start having some of the collective appear on Bruise and Builds. And of course, again, Pink Royal. Props. We like <laughs> you. So like you. So big So big tuck, you fought real hard to try to do this deck a couple weeks ago. I told you to hold on. But when Angie quoted we all go a little mad sometime, it was worth the wait to me. How about yeah, yourself? Yeah, it's same. And what's weird is like every time this is one of those decks where I always just pack because every time I play it, I always have fun. So it's also so it's like kind of in this weird middle ground where it's like I know that it could probably go one way or the other and turn it into something that's less like just having fun and something where it's like a little bit more interactive has a little bit more juice behind it um, and I think that you I think that the most more juice for yes, the squeeze yes exactly <laughs> which is such a great idiom um, and I think I think you really <laughs> hit the nail on the head where I want this deck to operate in a different way that Angie won't give me. Right, so like that's why yeah. she's always kind of just like, I play her on turn three, I discard some cards and hope I get something else. So I think if I think if there's sure. a Rakdos that has a little, uh, there's a Rakdos commander that comes out that has a little bit more like 
care around drawing cards or some other sort of juice there. I think it should be an easy swap. I will be trying out the Cruxo or whatever that card is called. Cruxo, Cruxo. thank you. Um, next time I run this. So uh, what do you, you think just looking through it? I know you've seen this a couple times in the No, line. I 100% agree. I mean, granted, I hate when you play this deck because Big Tuck does that pro player thing where it's just with his cards. Uh, we found out last Friday he mutilates them. They're all in a U shape now. Yeah. I may mean, handle oh, my God. cards, evidently. Um, but, and, and here's the thing even if you, like, say if, say if you ran Croak's and you're like, I get too much hate, you could put Zancha mm -hmm. as the commander. And she would probably give you more to do than yeah, Angie true. would. Because then you could just pay, oh, I have nothing to do. I'll pay three mana and I'm going to draw a card and they're going to lose some life. Um, you know, that would work out really, really well. Um, I mean, you could even, you know, I'm kind of looking at the different Rakdos commanders. Um, you could even go with a Neheb the Worthy, even though you're not doing Minotaur Tribal. It's still basically more value than what Angie's doing, because whenever he deals damage to a player, each player discards a card. That actually counts you right. for you. Um, or you could just even go Karavek the Merciless. Hey, I'm just going to have a big <laughs> boy. Do, if I need to cast him later, I can. And he is just going to mess right. people up when when they cast those spells. So I do think you have a lot of different avenues you could go. That would maybe make a little bit more sense than Angie if you didn't want to turn Angie into the deck that right. she uh, needs to be. Maybe not the one she deserves <laughs> to be. Well, that's all for us, guys. Bye.